Any views and opinions expressed are those of the authors and or participants and do not necessarily reflect the views, policy, or position of the Rheumatology and Arthritis Learning Network or HMP Global, its employees, and affiliates. Welcome to this podcast from the Rheumatology and Arthritis Learning Network. I'm your host, Rebecca Mashaw, and I'm happy to welcome back Dr. Matthew Baker, Clinical Chief in the Division of Immunology and Rheumatology at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California. He's going to review the findings of a recent study that he and colleagues conducted into the Association of Osteoarthritis with Atopic Dermatitis. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Baker. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. What interested you in studying the incidence of osteoarthritis among patients with atopic disease? Yeah, we, I think just, you know, in general, we're very interested in studying osteoarthritis because it's such a common problem. Um, it can be quite disabling for patients and there are few effective treatments. Really, treatments have been sort of focused on on alleviating pain and, and preventing progression to joint replacement, but there are no disease-modifying drugs that can actually prevent uh, or, or stop the progression of osteoarthritis. Um, so we're very interested in, in studying osteoarthritis in general. Um, and specifically, we looked at patients at this concept of whether kind of allergic disease or atopic disease uh, may play a role based on evidence that comes out of uh, the lab of Dr. Bill Robinson here at Stanford. Um, and in his work, uh, we've shown that uh, there's an increase in a particular type of cell that's associated with allergic diseases called mast cells. Um, and that when you look, if you take tissue out of a joint of a patient with osteoarthritis and look at the synovium or joint lining, um, you see actively degranulating mast cells um, and it's differential compared to, for instance, rheumatoid arthritis, where you really don't see this degree of mast cell. Um, and, and further studies in the lab have shown that if you actually take mice and you knock out just selectively the mast cells um, and then introduce a model of osteoarthritis um, where you destabilize the medial meniscus, that the, that the mast cell knockout mice actually have attenuation of, of developing the osteoarthritis. Um, so we've seen this evidence in, in animals and um, in, in the petri dish essentially with human data, but we wanted to extend that with epidemiologic data to see if there's a signal uh, in large populations of, of humans. That's really interesting. Would you give us a brief overview of the study? Yeah, this was a retrospective cohort study. Uh, we used claims data. So this is insurance claims data uh, from Optum, which is uh, a, you know, a large uh, provider that uh, pr encompasses over, I think, 80 million insured lives or something to that degree. And, um, and then also we also uh, recapitulated the study in uh, electronic health data um, from our institution here at Stanford, where we had a little more granular data, including things like body mass index. Um, and so we analyzed data, patient data from roughly 2010 to 2020. Um, and the idea was to create cohorts of patients who did not have existing osteoarthritis or atopic disease, 
um, and then follow them and create a cohort of patients who go on to develop atopic disease, either asthma or atopic dermatitis or both, um, and then have a comparator cohort of patients who, who never go on to develop an atopic disease. Uh, and then compare, you know, do some methods such as propensity score matching to make the two groups as similar as we can across a number of variables. And then to look at our outcome, which is the development of osteoarthritis. And so, um, again, the primary analysis was done in insurance data. So we're really defining these things using things like ICD codes, um, which have inherent limitations, uh, but there are sort of standardized ways to try to identify things like uh, osteoarthritis. So we we identified patients with two or more ICD codes for osteoarthritis separated by seven days or more. And we could also sort of tease apart the subtypes of osteoarthritis, whether it was affecting the knees, hips, hands. Um, and then we just, and so we just followed these patients um, and as long as we could up to 10 years was sort of the mean duration of follow-up to see who developed osteoarthritis. And what did you find? So we found that if a patient had asthma or eczema, um, there was a 58% increased risk of developing osteoarthritis over that period of about 10 years of follow-up. Um, and then if they had both asthma and eczema or atopic dermatitis, the risk increased to an odds of 115% uh, of developing OA. Um, so uh, it was interesting to see that kind of additive effect, you know, if you have one versus two. And then we also did as a, as a nice sort of comparator, um, you know, asthma is obviously sort of a, a pulmonary disease, but asthma we think is driven by these allergic pathways, at least in a large subset of patients. And another pulmonary disease would be COPD. Um, which does not is not really driven by that allergic pathway. So we did another comparison where we looked at COPD versus asthma, and we found that the asthma patients had an 83% increased risk of developing OA um, compared with COPD, sort of further supporting this concept that it's really the allergic pathway that may play a role. Um, and then, as I mentioned, you know, our claims data did not include things like body mass index, which we know is, is a major risk factor for developing osteoarthritis. And so we wanted to validate our results in you know, both an independent data set, but also a data set that provided this, this extra layer of data. And we found very similar results uh, in, in that EHR data, uh, again, showing an increased risk of OA for patients with atopic disease. I think it's fair to call those pretty strong signals of the the relationship between OA, atopic dermatitis, and or asthma. Um, you're talking about 115%. That's that's pretty amazing. When you describe patients as exposed or non-exposed to atopic disease, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, so it basically just means, you know, again, we sort of initially selected patients that didn't have any known history of osteoarthritis because we wanted to see that as the outcome, but also no prior known history of atopic disease. And then as we followed patients, some, you know, in this massive cohort of millions of patients, some developed atopic disease, and then they suddenly then become the exposed because our exposure, unlike, you know, a therapeutic study where the exposure is the drug, our exposure here is, is, 
is having a diagnosis of atopic disease. So those exposed patients had atopic disease and the non-exposed um, throughout the whole time we followed them never had a diagnosis of, of an atopic disease. You noted in your conclusion that future interventional studies may consider targeting allergic pathways for the prevention of OA. Can you tell us a little bit more about these allergic pathways and how they might be involved? Yeah, so uh, we think, again, the fundamental cell type that at least our laboratory data supports, and, and we hope that this adds support to, is that, that mast cells may, may be playing a role. Um, so, you know, one idea would be something like a mast cell stabilizing drug. You know, there are several older drugs that do that, things like uh, chromalin or catodifin, and, and there are newer mast cell, anti-kind of mast cell drugs being developed. Um, you could also block, you know, downstream mast cell mediators like histamine with antihistamines or upstream activators of mast cells such as IgE. You know, there's uh, drugs that do that uh, that are used for allergic asthma like uh, Zolaire. Um, so I think really sort of fundamentally targeting the mast cells where our hypothesis lies right now. There, It is also possible that some of these allergic cytokines like IL-4 and IL-13 could play a role. I think we have much less data there right now, but the nice thing is that if if that was the case, there is already a, a therapy that blocks that pathway, um, dupilumab or dupixent. And so um, we're very interested in, in sort of replicating, or not replicating, but doing additional observational work looking at whether patients who have been treated with um, dupilumab may uh, be protected against OA. The problem with that is that it hasn't been around long enough yet to have enough follow-up time to, to really do that study. But I think someday that would be a really interesting question to ask. Sounds like you have a really rich field there for pathways to examine and also for additional um, medications and therapies for other conditions that may show some promise here. Yeah, I think that's the idea that, um, you know, there there have been many attempts to develop a, a new therapy for osteoarthritis, uh, both pain and disease modification. As I mentioned, particularly disease modification has unfortunately uh, been completely negative to date. And so, you know, I think, you know, many people in the field do have this idea of, could you potentially repurpose a drug that's already in existence that would be a much lower kind of uh, bar to do that, if, especially if you could find something that was safe and, and obviously effective. And so, so yeah, we're interested in looking at these pathways and others um, involving drugs that, that are already on the market for other indications. Most patients who have asthma or atopic dermatitis are likely to be being treated by a pulmonologist or a dermatologist, not a rheumatologist necessarily. So that makes this, it seems to make this an ideal case for the need for multidisciplinary care and interaction. Yeah, I think definitely, you know, I think most of us are big fans of multidisciplinary care and it's great to have lots of specialists involved. In, in this case, I, I don't think we're there yet. This paper was not meant to suggest we change practice in any way. It's really more hypothesis generating. I think, you know, we need follow-on studies that, that test the hypothesis and hopefully confirm it. And then, you know, the idea is really to say this is a hopefully worthwhile endeavor and to actually do interventional studies, prospective studies to 
find a treatment that that can help patients um, until we sort of pr really validate that this is the right pathway and, and ideally have a treatment that could do something. Um, it's, it's hard to justify changing the management of patients. It seems that a lot of people accept that generally that OA is just a natural part of aging. Is that really the case? It used to be thought of that, that OA was really just a degenerative wear and tear kind of disease um, that, you know, most people would develop over time. You know, we certainly know patient, uh, people who have particularly active or, or, or um, activities that are sort of traumatic to the joints are likely to get it sooner. But more recently in the last decade or two, we have, I think, a more nuanced understanding that, that there really is this chronic low-grade inflammation in the joint. Um, it's more than just degeneration over time. And so some people will develop it earlier and some may never develop it. And I don't think we fully understand why that is, but we, we do know certain risk factors are at play. Female sex, obesity, some cardiometabolic factors um, all play a role. And then, as I mentioned, trauma, um, different sports activities and jobs and and just the anatomy of some people predisposes. Um, yes, in a, in a sense that most people at this point will get it with, as they age, it's, it's incredibly common. There's, I think, over 50 million people in the U.S. with it right now. But I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily inevitable. And, and I think we all hope that we will have a way to prevent it in the future. Well, thank you very much for spending the time with us today to talk about this. It's very interesting and we'll be looking for follow-ups. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having me.